step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Three, go. Okay, we are joined by I.K. Anampali. Uh He played for the Bills 2015. Uh, linebacker, defensive end, we're going to parse that in a moment. <laughs> um... He was uh, drafted by the Jets, 2014, and uh, glad to have him here. I.K., where are you calling from? I'm calling from my home in Pflugerville, Texas. Excellent. Central time. I knew that. Pflugerville, Texas. So, I.K., I'm a big fan of Texas high school football. When I got promoted uh, to the football department, uh, Wade Phillips tasked me with reading Friday Night Lights, the book. (laughs) <laughs> and it really got me kind of interested in uh, what was the Permian uh, Panthers or the Permian. Yeah. Uh, so I really had no idea about Texas high school football before that. Uh, and then I watched Friday Night Lights. I watched the show. Maybe uh, we could start there with you. And, and could you take us back to your days, uh, you know, growing up in Texas, playing high school football, and maybe explaining to some people up here in Western New York what Texas high school football is like? It's um, it's like something you really never seen. You got to see it to believe it. It's a, it's a culture. It starts from when you're really, really young, and they inundate you into that culture. But I mean, Friday, it's Friday Night Lights. There's nothing. There's really nothing like it. I mean, I've, I've lived in Louisiana. I lived in New York. I and did the high school things, but it's it's a culture, man. And and they really kind of start breeding you from a from a young age from the amount of intensity and passion that they instill in you, right? Um, it's just a thing. You have to be part of it. You know what I mean? If you're not playing football, like, what are you doing? It's really the question. Like, what are you doing with your life? So at what age did you um, move to Texas? Uh, how, how long had you been there before high school? So I was born I was born in Austin. I was born, born in Austin, Austin Texas. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Austin, Texas. And I moved to Pflugerville when I was like, I don't know, like maybe eight or nine or something like that. Which is uh, Pflugerville, just a suburb of Austin, like ten minutes away, 10, 15 minutes away, and um, I, but I was a late bloomer. I started football kind of late. I started football at the age of, I would say, twelve, and you know I'm a first generation American. My both my parents are immigrants from Nigeria, so football wasn't really. They didn't grow up watching football. They didn't really understand the game. Um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up like other kids who were watched. They had a football team and a basketball team that their father had, and they just were diehard fans. We didn't, I didn't have any of that growing up. So it's when I kind of started getting around, uh, other, my friends and things like that. And that's when I started kind of picking up, uh, on the football. And I got into football because I got suspended from uh, a bus. I got suspended from the school bus. And I didn't have a ride to school, so I said I'll join the football team. And because it practices in the morning, and I didn't have to tell my dad, it would be a smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's a that's a great story. So, so when you're there, are, are you treated like a celebrity if you're, you know, a starter on on the football team in Texas? Like, yeah, is you that get whatever you want? You get whatever. You get whatever you- 
Yeah. And, and in high school, I know you played both sides of the ball, so I presume you played linebacker, defensive end. But what did you play on offense if you did? More, I was more like an athlete. I was more like an athlete. I, I was I was able to I was able to run routes. I was able to catch the ball. But they used me more like a, a running back, fullback. So we had this thing called uh, what was the package called? We had a package called God dang, it was me, Alex Okafor. Y'all know Alex. Yeah. Played, oh, yeah, yeah. Alex Okafor, he was on. It was me, Alex. Tyrus Thompson, I believe he was he he played in the NFL too as well. And there was another another person, but um, we had this big package where we come in and third and short, fourth and short, they'll put us in there. But running back, I, I consider myself an athlete. Did did you feel like did you feel as much pressure playing high school football as you did the NFL? No, 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 I didn't. No, no, no. It was no, I didn't feel as much pressure. So. Pflugerville High School football, we were, we were, I would consider ourselves a powerhouse, right? Like, we had a great reputation. We were expected to to do well, right? We were always expected to do well. But the the pressure you feel in the NFL is a little bit different. But it, the passion, the camaraderie, the fun that we had on the field was, it was on a, it was like a different level compared to the NFL. It was a different level. So that pressure wasn't really there. I was going out there with my friends and balling. Yeah, you, you had to discover athletic ability that might have even surprised yourself. I know I was yeah, reading yeah. about uh, you've got an athletic family. I see that your sister played in the WNBA. And yeah. uh, so it had to be fun to see that kind of play out. Uh-oh. Sorry, I had a call. No, that, oh, no, problem. no, that's okay. We can edit that out. Yeah. I think you said something about my sister. Yeah, we, I, I saw, I read that, um, that she played in the WNBA. So, yeah, yeah you got a family full of athletes. Yeah, and my, my younger brother was also talented too as well. He just got he got injured early. My brother's really really good at in football. Yeah. So so you you're a star at Pflugerville. Uh, tell us about like recruiting, uh, deciding to go to college. When did you know that you, you you could take this beyond high school? Was it obvious pretty quickly that you were going to be you know a D one football player? And then you know kind of when did you think the NFL might be attainable? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I always knew, right? I always knew that because I, I had this, I had a heart in me. I had a heart. You know, no one could see because I was always an undersized DN. I was always undersized a little bit. I was smaller. I was kind of small for the position, but I had a huge heart. And it was funny. Um, I think it's uh, Joe Green. Don't don't quote me. It was Joe Green. I believe I met him at Louisiana Tech. They were recruiting. I was a younger player and, um, I met him. I was like, you know, I introduced myself to him. He's like, what position do you play? I was, and I uh, told him, I said, I played DN. He looked at me and said, you're kind of short for DN. I said, but I have a, I have a big ass heart. And he said, that's right, kid. That's right. So I've always, I've always had that chip on my shoulder. I've always had a heart. So I always knew that I had the ability and I had the heart to go to play this game at a high level. But my recruiting didn't reflect that. So I didn't get, I mean, I only had one offer coming out of Fluga High School, and that was Louisiana Tech University. So it was an easy decision for me to pick them, right? Um, so I didn't. My recruiting just wasn't it wasn't there, you know. But I had a great senior year. I had a, had a decent uh, junior year too as well. I kind of turned it on during the playoffs when we went to state. But my senior year was was great. But for whatever reason, I just I just recruiting just wasn't there for me. Yeah, it worked out for you though. So then, uh, four four years at Louisiana Tech. Uh, what are what are some of the highlights there? You were Fred Dean Defensive Player of the Year your junior season, uh, first team All Conference USA, uh, the Willie Rofe Lineman of the Year. Now that's that's an interesting uh, 
award. He was an offensive lineman, right? But he must have just been so great that it yeah, it was either one, right? Right, right, right. I don't I don't know where that came from, but I I, I take it. <laughs> yeah. What was it what was it like playing like at Louisiana Tech? Not, you know, it's not it's not Ohio State, it's not Alabama. Um, yeah. you know, did you feel like you your path to the NFL was still open there? Like at what point did you think, hey, you know what, I have a real shot to go, you know, to the next level? Um, I feel like for me, it was the same. As soon as I stepped on campus, it was just a matter of it was just a matter of just it's just a matter of time. It's just timing for me. You know, as soon as I stepped on campus, I knew like, hey, you know, because there's people that came before me who made it to the NFL. I was like, well, shit, if they can do it, I can do it for sure. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I stepped on campus, I knew I can. I knew I had an opportunity to. It was just a matter of timing. When is that time? When is my time going to be? So I always knew I had that confidence and knew that if I put in all the work, you know, I knew that I could I can make it. So I would say as soon as I stepped on campus, I knew that. I was going to make some of myself here. That's an interesting gauge when you talk about, uh, you know, someone before you that made it. We talked to uh, Lee Evans in, at Wisconsin. He, Chris Chambers was there, and he kept saying he compared himself to them, maybe not body type and everything, but production-wise, he's like, I'm going to follow. And he, they did kind of have similar careers. Yeah. You know, so I didn't, have a, I didn't have a player that I said, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow. My dad always taught me, you know, compete against yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Always compete against yourself. So I never had a player that I was going to follow, but there was players that came before me that um, there are certain things, certain aspects of the game that I liked. And I would say, okay, I would kind of take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, you know, and add into my repertoire. How did, uh, how did your parents uh, enjoy learning about American football kind of along your journey? Uh, it was tough. And, and all my, all my Nigerians and all my, you know, first generations out there that will understand like, trying to get a foreigner to understand because, you know, they come to this country and they just trying to just kind of better themselves, survive, better themselves and try and make some of this. That's it. They're not really interested in sports, entertainment, all that is kind of like a waste of time to them. My parents, I think my mom was trying to get me to quit sports up until I got drafted, until she felt like I can actually make some of myself. I was at Tech and she was like, you know, if you want to quit, just quit, you know. Uh, follow the school route, you know. So, uh, my dad, he slowly, he slowly uh, came around, but my mom just was not. He, she was just not there. Yeah. Did she ever get there? Yeah. As soon as I got drafted, she. <laughs> yeah. Was like, oh, okay. Well, let's do it. You know. So, yeah. It's it's a fascinating story. I mean, one of my the favorite basketball players of all time uh, that I ever watched, Akeem Olajuwon. I know he came over uh, to the states and knew nothing about basketball, but then. Uh, I guess he was like a really good soccer player. Even at 6'11", he had this amazing footwork, and mm-hmm. someone yeah. saw him and said, hey, you should try basketball, and the guy's in the Hall of Fame. Like, uh, it just, but it, yours, I see, um, I, lo- I love the story about your parents, too, and how they were kind of behind the curve just trying to make something of their life and your family's life, yeah. not fully understanding what this opportunity uh, could and would mean for you. Right, correct, correct. Are there are there a lot of um, you know Nigerian born or first generation players? Obviously, I think people would remember Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare uh, who killed the Bills in the early nineties. Oh, uh, yeah. were, were there? Did you have like role models or guys that you could talk to when it came time to you know maybe be drafted or whatever? That is there like a community of 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 guys like that? No, I would say. You know, Alex Okafor, he's also a first generation. His dad's from Nigeria. But, you know, me and Alex were kind of in the same boat. You know, we're, 
you know, Alex, uh, he was a year before me, but I would say uh, no one really in my community have has made it as far as I have in the sports, even to this day. Um, no one in the community has really made it to, to that level. So everything I was experiencing was really new. The closest one where I would say I had a, I had a, a cousin, he played at UT, his name was Martin Iguago. And he was like my big brother. He was like my big brother. And so I would lean on him for maybe advice. Um, I watched people from afar, like Brian Arakbo. I watched him. He was uh, another first generation born Nigerian who made it really far. And I really loved his game. I really, I tried to steal as much as I could from his game. But, I, you know, so I kind of watched him from afar too as well. But um, I really just leaned on my parents, people, some of my friends that, you know, people at Tech that went before me. Um, I kind of just leaned on their experience. But no one within the community or the, you know, that really made it as far as I did could help me out. Yeah, no, that's great. So <laughs> leading up to the draft uh, and then draft day, how did, how did all that uh, play out for you? What do you remember about that? You know, uh, leading up to the draft, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, you know, you just because you kind of hear things. I was kind of I felt like I was on my agent was telling me, hey, you know, it's you're just kind of on that bubble. You never know, you know, like you you did everything you could. You had great workouts. You, <laughs> well. you know, you have good tape, you know, so you have a, you kind of have an opportunity. But at the same time, you just you just don't know. Right. So I just took it as I was I was just ecstatic to just to be, you know, in the running, right? Just because I knew it was like, hey, all I need to do is just get an opportunity. You know, I just need an opportunity, right? So I don't care how it comes. Let me just get an opportunity. So that was my mindset going into it. You know, whether if I get drafted or free agent, just give me an opportunity on the field. I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to hunt some shit down and I'm, you know, <laughs> do what I need to do, right? So going into it, it was, um, that was my mindset. You know, my mindset was, you know, Wherever the cars lay, I'm going to take it for what it is. And I'm going to, you know, as long as I get an opportunity, I'm going to bust my ass when I get my opportunity. And then you get the call. Um, What's, what was draft day like itself? Uh, you know, by then, was it like a couple day process? Like, are you sitting around waiting? Are you doing something? Three, yeah. No, the first, the first, I know it was on day one. So I was kind of relaxing, chilling day one. And then I think it was, I think I went day three. Uh, day three, you know, just kind of sitting, waiting and, I got my family there, close family, parents, got a couple cousins there. And then next door, I had my homeboys were next door doing what they do, right? <laughs> so I was kind of back and forth. You know, I had like, you know, two festivities. Let's call it festivities going the, on. The adult table and the kids' table, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, uh, I was just kind of going back and forth. Just, you know, just it was like a regular day. So, um, but I was, I was next door, literally in the garage. We were just talking you know, interacting with one another. And I get the call. It was Rex Ryan. I just jumped up. I was like, oh, shit. I just jumped up, went over to uh, went over to my uh, to my main, to my parents' house. And um, he was just telling me that they're going to draft me. And I was just like, okay, sounds good. Okay, sounds good. I'm excited. And then um, he was like, all right, buddy, don't sound too excited now. <laughs> you know how Rex is. And, um, but I was ecstatic on the inside. I was ecstatic. And then, my name came across the table. My, my mom at this point was so nervous she couldn't walk. She had like she couldn't walk anymore. You know, she was sitting, she was literally, she literally could not walk anymore. And she was just sitting on the chair. And then they finally, my name came across the screen. And it was uh, it's like 
you know, it was like surreal, you know, because, you know, I started crying. I started tearing up. And the reason why I was tearing up was because, you know, I've watched the draft at my house for years. Since since I started playing football, I was watching the draft at the same living room on the same TV for years, seeing people's name. I'm like, man, that shit, that shit looks cool, man. I, <laughs> you know, and my house was literally my gym. We my, we couldn't afford going to like all these extracurricular activities and these special gyms and coaches and work. So my house was my gym. Like I used to do everything. Like I used to do any, like my house was literally my gym. Everything you can think of in the gym, I was doing it at home. Just a lot of, you know, so I remember like spending summers and, and I would discipline myself and I would say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not sitting on a couch. Anytime the commercials hit, it's push-ups, sit-ups every single day. The tiles were like my jiggly ladder. I would make dips out of chairs. I would curl chairs, like just, you know, just doing all kinds of stuff, you know, within the house, running up and down the stairs like I was doing because uh, uh, one of my favorite running backs, Marshall Falk, said that what he did during the offseason was he would run stadiums. And that's what, mm-hmm. how he got his jilly to where it was at. So I'm like, God damn it, I'm finna run stadiums all fucking all day. I'm sorry if I, you know, I don't know. No, no, we're good. No, we're good. Yeah, this, we're is, good. this is on YouTube. We're all good, man. <laughs> okay. We love the passion. So, you know, so I'm like, I'm running stairs like, 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 like nobody's business, right? So I just, you know, so I remember just going to different rooms, just walking around, like, kind of nervous and just, just, just pacing up and down my heart being, I'm like, damn, I, I did it. You know, I did it. And I'm going to different rooms and I'm just reminiscing. Like, I remember I was doing like sit ups here all morning. I remember I would just go up and down these stairs. I remember getting ready for track meets and I would use this, long, This, you know, we had a hallway that was kind of long and I would use this to, to work on my starts and my, my get-offs and all kinds of things, right? I remember punching this wall over and over again, trying to, you know what I mean? Just just walking around the house, just remembering all the all the work I was doing. A, just, ball, of, a yeah. ball of energy and yeah. passion. Have you ever seen yeah. the Rocky movies? <laughs> you ever yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, any opportunity you had. But so you, yeah. I, I imagine you get the Jets, uh, you know, I guess OTAs. Physically, yeah. you got to feel, given, you know, your track record and everything you're just saying here, like that was not going to be an issue for you. Physically, you were, you were ready. It's just a matter of. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How they were going to, to use you, right? And I know Josh yeah. uh, has, has been, you know, in coaching too. and uh different rooms like how did they sort out you know a defensive line or you know defensive line linebacker uh they just watched you in camp and figured out what to do at that point yeah uh, coming in they kind of told me hey we want to uh you know we want to put you at outside linebacker they kind of already told me we want to put you outside linebacker but you'll play some in but over but we're going to try you out at both and kind of see how you do so that was that was kind of the thing so I, i officially came in as an outside linebacker but I knew that for uh, like you know for sub packages and for pass rushing uh, situations that they'll be putting me at end. But I knew I knew so I didn't I didn't learn like at Tech I was a, I was a four three DN I was a four three DN through and through. I'm a D lineman, you know, like that's you know just that's just how I was 
coached, right? So I wasn't used to dropping in coverage. I didn't know anything about coverages and guarding receivers and things like that. I didn't know any. So I learned all that in the NFL. Um, but I was a DN. I knew I can play DN. But um, coming into coming in, into the Jets, I knew like, hey, whatever the coach puts me at, because the way I was trained with Coach Agan, hey, whatever the coach says, you go there and you do 100 miles per hour and you do your damnedest to make sure you can do well at it. So I didn't say anything, didn't grab about it, just just went to work. Now, in the NFL now, if you look through a, like a roster of the coaching staff, there's, what, 23, 24 coaches. There's an outside linebacker coach. There's, you know, all of these specialties. When you were there 2014, 2015, 2016, did you sit with the linebackers, like, for film? Did, yeah. you, did you – so was there, like, a – so when you – played rush end or you're the four, three end or, or yeah. a package on the third down. Did you feel like you had to learn more than, you know, the average linebacker or D end? I did. I did because, um, I would be, yeah, I would bounce back and forth between both rooms, linebacker room and, and the defensive room. So yes, you know, you, you get everything at once. So you go into the linebacker rooms, you're getting everything. You go to the defensive line room, you're getting everything. And with Rex's defense, it was, it was super complicated for me, but over time you kind of get used to. It. But in the beginning, my rookie year, that shit was tough. I mean, there are certain times I'm like, I mean, certain packages, certain plays, depending on who motions and uh, down and distance and formation they come out in, you can check to like six different things, right? So you never, so it was really super complicated for me in the beginning. Um, now, when I came, when I met Rex again in Buffalo, the shit really slowed down quite a bit. But um, yes, I was trying to take all that in. In the beginning, it was it was a challenge. Oh, by the way, throw in some special teams, right? Oh yeah, goddamn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guessing that wasn't the highlight of your day <laughs> playing special teams. Nah, special teams was not because I never had to do that. I, at Tech, I didn't have to play special teams, and in high school, I didn't have to play special team because I was I was part of the starting role. You know, I didn't have to do any of that. You know, wow, so. that's, did you play all four phases of special teams? Um, no, I didn't. I, I, hold on, wait. Kickoff. Uh, yeah, actually, I did. I just did. I wasn't on the uh, field goal team. Okay, so but but kick, kick, return, punt, punt, return. You were yes. on all four yeah. of those. Okay, so so maybe the people in Buffalo, people listening to this podcast, I think there's this fascination with Rex Ryan uh, as a personality, as a coach. Uh, yeah. There's that famous, there's that famous Hard Knocks episode where he tells everybody to go to eat a goddamn snack when he's with the Jets. Can you take us in a meeting room with Rex? And just a two two different times. A after a, a good win, and B after a shitty performance. And maybe just kind of explain to people what it's like just watching him speak. You know you're gonna laugh. You just know you're gonna laugh. Like Rex is always gonna say something, no matter if it's good or bad. Whether you had a good performance, bad performance as a team, I'm talking. Rex is gonna say something off the wall is gonna make you laugh, right? And Rex Rex. Rex is a coach. Like I don't, I don't see Rex doing any other profession but anything in sports. Like he's a coach. You know, I don't see him selling insurance. I don't see him nursing anybody. Like Rex is, he's a he's a he's a football player. He's a fo he's a football coach. You know, so I mean, after a tough win, I mean, after a tough loss, let's say we had a, a tough loss, he's gonna come in. He's gonna try and corral the team. He's gonna he's gonna harp on some of the the, the BS that we we did. But he's also gonna talk about some of the the highlights right but then he's also he's also going to talk about his um he's also going to let him let everyone know like hey 
if we just stick to the plans, just kind of lean on him, let him lead us, put everything on him, he'll lead us to the promised land. So as a leader, that was super important because we always know we can lean on him. He'd always take a brunt of the uh, the blame, a big, a big part of the blame. He's always going to put that on himself. But he's also going to say at the end of it, hey, get on my back, follow my lead. I'm going to lead y'all to the promised land. And he always says, see what the fuck happens. Let's just see what the fuck happens. <laughs> I love it. Like, Frank's line. Yeah. See what the fuck happens. Do what I yeah. say, see what the fuck happens. You know? So so with with um, with Rex, and you, you see significant action as a rookie there. And then uh, in 2015, um, you're released from the Jets. A day later, you're in my office learning how, how it is that you get paid. So yeah. the transition from, you know, happens in camp. And you're, you're there with OTAs. And you're hearing about, you know, this is the Jets way. This is our culture. This is how it's going to be. And then so quickly you're, you're uh, with, the, with the Bills, hearing it all over. This is the Bills way. This is our culture. And I guess for you what was great was you were coming back into a familiar situation, a familiar coach. So uh, you were going to hear it all again. But what was that transition like to you? Because it, it probably happened pretty fast. No, it happened really fast. It was, it was different. You know, I didn't – Buffalo definitely wasn't on my radar. Didn't I never thought I'd ever be in Buffalo, but um, you know when I got the call, I just said, you know what, it's another opportunity. It's great. It's going somewhere. You know, Rex Ryan picked me up. He believed in me. I knew he always believed in me. So um, you know, it was great. You know, and when I left, um, the coach for the Jets at the time, um, what was his, uh, what's his name? It was Bowles. Bowles, Coach Bowles. Yeah, yeah. And he told me. He let me know. He said, you know, okay, you'll probably get calls from six other teams. You know, within 24, 48 hours. So it's just you know, just take it as a lesson and move forward and try and, you know, improve on your career. So, you know, but um, ultimately I knew that um, uh, the the transition was, it was, it was a big transition, but knowing that I was going there with Rex and coach Weeks, you know, like Weeks was going to be my coach. It was, it was a familiar, familiar territory. Coach Jeff Weeks, that's right. They were uh, Jason Vrabel, I think, Rebrovich. A yeah. bunch of guys came over from the yeah. Jets the previous year. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so everyone's familiar faces, just different colors. <laughs> you, Rex had to love you, right? Just the just you can tell even from an interview here how much you have passion and you care and you give a shit. Like I can imagine, you're a Rex, you're a Rex guy. I could just I could yeah. see it, right? Like he had yeah. to just love you, even just personally, not even as a player, but just personally. Like you just strike yeah. me as like a Rex guy. Yeah, yeah, the most definitely. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yeah. So, can you c- kind of talk us through the year here in Buffalo and maybe off the field? Did you did you enjoy it here? Um, you know, what are your memories of you know being around in the community and and the fans and everybody always obviously talks about Bills Bills Mafia and all that. Like, what 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 did you enjoy and maybe something you didn't enjoy about Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, it, it took some getting used to. You know, coming from Texas and just just being from the South and going to you know, <laughs> North, it was just a night and day. But one of my good friends, Randell Johnson, uh, he was a linebacker for for the Bills. Me and him, we, I've known him since college, right? So Miami, so, right? What was that? Was he in Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to FAU. Um, yeah. So um, he, I mean, he kind of took me in. He kind of, he kind of showed me the ropes or whatnot. My initial thoughts when I came to Buffalo was just SMA, like just shaking my head, like, damn, like there's nothing to do here. And I remember I talked to the uh, – I don't want to say – I'm not going to say her name. I talked to someone in staff, and I was like, so what do people do in, in, in Buffalo? They said, uh, drink and have sex. 
Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> they eat too. They eat a lot. Yeah. And they, and they, and they eat. And especially coming from the Jets in, in New York City, obviously you don't necessarily live in New York City, but yeah. know, it's the whole metro. What a, what a culture shock that must have been. Did, was there any – did you feel in any way like, hey, it's all about football here? Like was it at all – you know, at, at the Jets? In, in, in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean that's, that was the feeling I got. It was, it was all about football. I mean then, to me, I didn't see anything else. It was just all football, all sports. Yeah. yeah. So 2015, your year here, the first of two, uh, you play in London. So the Bills um, are playing in London again this year. Uh, okay. I think you're the first person we've spoken with as a player uh, since we've been doing this that actually played in that game. What was – how different um, was the preparation? And then uh, I hope you'll say it felt like an organized trip because I was part of that. And thank you, by the way for not losing your passport like Terry Hughes did. Was that all like for you? Um, it, it was cool. It was a great experience. Uh, it was a great, great experience. You know, a lot of distractions, you know, like, you know, my eyes were wide open just looking at everything, you know. So, but it was, it was a great experience ultimately. It was super organized. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there, through the bone to Don. Uh, so, so IK, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, before yeah. we, uh, before we finish up, we do something called the two minute warning. Don, do you have another question before I we go? I just there? wanted to make sure whether sure. we do it before or after the two minute warning about uh, what you're doing today. You and I uh, reconnected on LinkedIn, and I know you're a professional. Yeah. So, whether you say that now or afterwards, I just want to get that in. Yeah, yeah, IK. I think people would want to know what what are you up to today. So uh, I'm in the real estate development business, affordable housing. Um, I work for a company called Spence Development as an analyst. And basically I underwrite and I analyze all our new opportunities for, for whether it's land or existing. Um, my passion has always been real estate development, real estate. Um, my grandfather was a real estate developer. Um, I always wanted to, I wanted to be an architect. Um, but some things happened at Tech to where I wasn't able to, to make that happen. But, you know, as soon as I, I got injured in Buffalo, and the first thing I did was get my real estate license. I bought property, and I just kind of been going down that road. Uh, when I retired, I, I started a business in just flipping, flipping homes and things mm -hmm. like that, doing another thing called wholesaling. Obviously, we're buying and holding property for tenant tenancies. And, uh, but I always knew I wanted to be in real estate development and you know, uh, took a leap of faith and, um, you know, just been learning the ropes under uh, a company now that's, that has a great portfolio and, you know, just doing really great things in the DFW market. Good awesome. You. Are you active on social media? Do you have like a Twitter account or Facebook? Uh, or? I, I have social media. I'm not, I'm not super active. I got my head down. I'm hustling. I'm just trying Good for to you. Good that. for you. I, I kind of figured that answer. All right. We're going to do this. Uh, IK, we're going to do two minute warning, 10 questions. Try to, we try to keep it under two minutes, just kind of, kind of fun off the wall stuff to give people a look at your personality. Go ahead, Don. Okay. What is uh, your most interesting place uh, to watch a Bills game, Jets game, or an NFL game? Chili's. Chili's. I like it. Uh, three people dead or alive you'd want to have dinner with? Uh, My grandfather. He's dead. So I would like to have dinner with him. Um, who else? That's a great question. I didn't uh, text you that I didn't I'm text gonna you say, that we were going to ask you this. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say Boosie. I'm gonna have I want to have uh I want to have dinner with Boosie Badass. <laughs> that's another that's another one. And then who? Let me see another one. Um, 
Odumegwo Ojuku. He was our civil rights leader in Nigeria. That's another one I would love to have. Mm-hmm. That's that's a perspective. That is. Where one. else are you going to get a perspective like that? He's the first podcast? person that's to answer. Great. That's great. Dan. Uh, okay, you are entering an arena. You're a big deal. Dry ice. What is your entrance song? Ooh. Um. Hold on. I'm entering an arena with dry ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, there's a the, the lights are down. There's some dry ice going. So you know, you're 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 entering like an MMA arena, and you're in you're going to be in a fight. What's your entrance song? Uh. Uh, damn. Well, I'm going to go with a Kevin Gay song. I'm going to go with. No, actually, let me uh, scratch that. I'm going with Burner Boy. I'm going with Burner Boy, um, African Giant. Okay. Right. People can look that up. What, uh, what's your favorite NFL team right now? Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. Okay, fair enough. Back in the music front, what's the best concert you've ever seen? I went to I went to the Kentucky Derby. I went to a Kevin Gates and Boosie concert, and that's really the only concert I've ever been to in my life. At the Kentucky Derby. At the Kentucky Derby. It was, was that was that what you expected? The Kentucky. Yeah. I've heard it's amazing. It's amazing. That's it that's amazing. great. Uh, give me uh, when you your time here in Buffalo. Did you have a favorite restaurant, and what'd you get there? It's I think it's called Dow's. Oh yeah, the Japanese place. The Japanese place. Yeah. It's like yeah. Across, My daughter's favorite. Place. Right across the street. Um, who who put me on that? Uh, God dang, the center, the center. Uh, what's what's the center? Eric Wood. Eric Wood. He Eric Wood me. was probably also at the Kentucky Derby. He lives in Louisville. I wasn't. Well, he li- he does lives there. I think he goes every year. But uh, I know it's a lot of people there. So, yeah. um, let's see. This could be an interesting from your perspective. It's a popular food, but you hate it. Popular food that I hate. Yeah. I mean, like. Raw sushi. I hate I eat raw sushi. Everyone eats raw sushi. I don't do that. Except for my wife, who would rather die than eat sushi. That's so you're you're in there with her. Uh, what is the most annoying fan base in the NFL? The Cowboys. Okay. That's that's uh that's always the leader. That's, that's two, always that's the two favorite. in a row there. Yeah. Um, can you drive a stick shift vehicle? Yes. Cool. All right. Last one, and we're uh, I think we're fifty fifty here. You got two more. You go. I have, no, I have one. You go. Go. You go first. And I then just, I, sounds good. Your top three favorite sports movies, and then we got to end with yours, Josh. My top three favorite sports movies. Yeah. Uh, remember the Titans, for sure. That's like number one. Um, is, does Rocky count? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely Rocky. Man. Give me, give me some options. Give me some options. Friday Night Lights is out there for you. Ah, cued it up. Um. <laughs> yeah, we could fill in that blank. Friday Night Lights. Uh, you lived it, so yeah, yeah, it should be up there. So. Mm. All right. No, I think there's something better, man. I think there's something better. Uh, I, I guess. I, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll default. I'll go Friday. I know there's something better though. There you go. Okay. Last one here, IK. Can you sing us 10 seconds of the Louisiana Tech fight song? <sighs> um damn, I cannot. All right, it's, it's about okay. we're running, we're running cold these days. Every single game. Oh <laughs> that's I all right. Can't. I Once cannot. you get it, it's going to be in your head, and you're going to blame yeah. Josh for that. Yeah, but yeah, you're going to after this. <laughs> you're going to leave this and go on YouTube, and and and, and you're going to be like, oh man, I should have remembered. <laughs> it's all right. I think it's probably uh, forty 
60 40 percent do the other yeah so you're in you're in the you're in the majority of, in the of majority, guys that yeah. either can't or there's a lot that won't yes. that won't <laughs> sing their song so yeah. uh, don't don't feel bad yeah but uh, we got a ton out of this okay your your uh, football journey as we like to call it is absolutely fascinating um uh, you know the international aspect of it and and uh, what you've done and I, i'm really glad to hear uh you know what you're doing post-career um you're getting after that just the way you got after football and um it's great talking with you likewise i appreciate y'all having me yeah all right have a good day buddy thank you take care step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus